0: Hello again, and welcome to our sixth podcast, Off the Water, brought to you from the National Governing Body, Our Weir Scotland. This pod will be in two parts where we bring in voices from the Scottish boating community. Our focus is on affiliates, the training centres and the clubs talking all things about returning to their activity. This pod has been split into two, as I said, because the conversations were too good to cut down where there'll be some advice and top tips, but more importantly, some insights into how other clubs and organizations have tackled this uncharted few months. If you have not listened to some of our other podcasts, please go back. There are some great conversations to listen to.
1: I'm Nikki Stewart, and I'm hosting alongside Jack Mitchell. The podcast is produced and edited by Mark Turner and supported by Claire Caffrey. It really takes a whole team to make it happen. Over this series of podcasts, we aim to hear from our whole team and provide an insight into our work for the boating community in Scotland. Just a quick disclaimer these are the thoughts of our own and of our guests. If you've got any comments or complaints, please drop us an email to podcast at ryascotland.org.uk. We're also looking for your feedback on the podcast on subjects that we could cover or ideas for a future episodes. Let us
0: know your thoughts. So, Nikki, what's coming up in the podcast? Tell us a little bit more.
1: So this podcast, we've been joined by three centres from across Scotland, from the south, the east and the west. And we wanted to give them the opportunity to share their experiences throughout COVID and what their plans are for the next season. It was a really great interview to be part of and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you guys.
0: There's been lots happening every week. Change happens every week. That Our, our goalposts move every week. But I suppose there's some, some really fantastic things coming up that hopefully we can we fall to. A bit, of, a bit of a plug here, we've got the Scottish Cup trophy has gone live this week online and we're going to launch it on the 15th of August, an online version, and we're quite excited. We've got Alistair Ireland, our Spring National Club champ, coming and joining us. and Our very own Robin Nicholl is going to come and do some commentary. So it's quite a, quite a fantastic event. Uh, if you haven't heard about it before, go to, please go to our website. Uh, There's some more information there. What's been happening in the world of guidance this week?
1: We updated our guidance on the 10th of July, which included quite a big uh, update for our training centres and our clubs. We included a bit more information about the opportunities available for children and young people to take part in our sport. And this includes the ability for two children under 17 to be able to sail together in a double hander fantastic news and opens up more opportunities for clubs and centres running activity over the summer. Fingers crossed we get some more of that sun that we had in May though. I'm not a big fan of this rain at the moment.
0: Up next, Nikki has spent uh, some time with a number of training centres and we're going to hear a great conversation about their journey over the last few months.
1: We're really lucky today to be joined by Richard from Gallery Activity Centre, Fiona from Tinnebrew Sailing School and Sammy from Port Riker Watersports. Sports, thank you all of you for agreeing to be part of this podcast. We're really keen to have training centres as being part of this discussion and I'm really looking forward to hearing a bit more from all of you about what you've been up to over the last few months and what your plans are coming up. So I guess first of all it'd be good just to hear your voices so our listeners can um, get to know who each person is. Can you just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your center that you're you're from
2: my name's rich I'm from the Galloway Activities Center down in Dumfries and Galloway. We're an outdoor activity center sort of majoring on um water sports and been running since nineteen eighty eight beginner to intermediate and instructor courses for sailing, windsurfing, and power uh,
3: hello, yes, thanks for having me on I'm Fiona from Tinnabury Sailing School, which I run alongside uh, my husband Derek. We've both been uh, teaching sailing here for over 20 years, having started as teen young instructors in the late 80s on Scotland's Adventure Coast in Argyle. The, the ruralness of our business uh, dictates our customers to an extent. Uh, so the majority of our clients are kids, which is great, something satisfying about um, introducing New generations uh, to sailing, particularly in the west coast of Scotland. Been here a while and uh, hopefully for a bit longer.
4: <laughs> I'm Sammy and I am the centre manager of Port Edgar Watersports, based in Queensferry in Edinburgh. We predominantly cater to all ages, trying to get them people sailing, windsurfing, kayaking, canoeing, anything that we can possibly put someone on and put them in the water safely, and we're a community interest company. Today's the first day I was out in the water, Uh, so I'm really excited to even talk about it so yeah thanks
1: that's cool super excited i saw the pictures on instagram earlier so looking forward to hearing a bit more about that as well
4: yeah it was a good day back
1: so i guess the last few months have been really challenging for everyone really but i think our training centers have also had a really tough time of it how has covid impacted your training center
4: kind of uh annihilated any semblance of a season to begin with at the beginning there was all the build-up of what was what was going to happen so we essentially have been massively affected not just in terms of us as a business but how how we operate and how we get people employed and over the summer so i had a really not a great job at the beginning of having to tell people that there wasn't going to be any work this summer and due to the fact that Uh, we run seasonal contracts no one was no one was under contract at this start time of it so we couldn't actually get them placed in the follow scheme so at the very beginning before it even happened we were on our back foot and wondering what was actually going to happen now through the summer through the lockdown period uh, i've been followed and haven't had much to do with the center due to well we're not allowed to work and not not supposed to be working at all the kind of effect it's had us coming back in, it was a lot of now planning and then trying to look at the guidance, stay abreast of the guidance and be as fluid as possible with with everything that's happening and now we're coming out of this whole lockdown period, we're taking a very measured approach to what we're going to do in the future. So uh, we have 10 permanent staff and then go up to about 40,
2: 45 42, actually, last year, uh, seasonal staff. Between the 23rd of March and the beginning of July, we turned over something like £175. It costs us about £30,000 a month just to open the gate um, or just to close the gate, as it was this year. So, uh, yeah, we we had it quite, quite bad, really. Our accounts were frozen. The centre was going into self-destruct, uh, and we were looking at voluntary liquidation uh, less than a month ago, and um, because all the grants and the the loans that you hear about just weren 't filtering through to us, not um, ir- irrespective of what our politicians would have you believe that for some reason we just fell through the cracks and then three weeks ago or so, uh, suddenly we got a business bounce back loan uh helped. Bring us back into credit from, and then the same week we got a, a pivotal resilience fund from um, Scottish Enterprise and it kind of saved us. So we're back in and back trading and delighted to be doing that. So, yes, uh, the staff are back off furlough now and um, it's been ridiculously busy, but we're running at about 30% of our normal capacity. So, today, for example, um, this time last year I would have had 35 maybe, 40 staff in, and today we had six, but I mean they've all been absolutely back to the wall so you know it's starting to open up. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Dumfries and Galloway and uh, everybody's enjoying the experience and getting back on the water.
1: Fiona, what's it been like at Tinnebrew?
3: Yes, likewise, we're the same here, uh, I've been hit financially like everyone else obviously. Living in rural Argyll, I suppose, like many people around here, we, you know we earn our living from a Variety of sources, most of which have obviously been on hold. Our biggest earner, our uh, youth residential courses, have obviously all had to be cancelled, and the, we're, we're not doing any of that at all. And that, I suppose, has had the biggest impact on us—not just obviously financially, but also in our time. You know, we're we're used to um, sailing all day and caring all night, so in a in a sense, we've basically had as good as a 50% drop in our working hours this summer. However, we've got a very small team, which uh, makes it a lot easier to uh, manage and maintain flexibility as as we move forward. Um, Obviously, they've not been earning uh, as much as they would like to have been this year. However, like Richard, we opened up today and we've had uh, 24 kids out in the water at long last and they've had a ball in the sunshine. So it's just fantastic to actually... Uh, start to recoup some of the
1: lost time that we've had over the past few months great thank you I think it's really good to hear can the positivity coming through from all of you about getting back out on the water and just taking those kind of next steps and seeing the enjoyment from everyone else for being on the water as well that's really really good to hear a lot of our training centres are so much more than just sailing schools and a lot of their business is from kind of different sectors how are you finding all the information yeah how are you finding this information and is there any resources that you found maybe more useful than others or what's helped you
3: okay yeah again um being in Argyll, where a huge percentage of our private sector jobs are in tourism I think it's uh, around in the region of 25 percent I feel as if we've really benefited from the voice of tourism to help us not, you know, not just open up safely, but share resources and information and uh, best practice, et cetera. Um Their Guilin Isles Tourism Cooperative helped us, I suppose, as interpreting the guidance. You know, that's that's been a big thing, just actually hearing, because we have all interpreted it slightly differently. You know, there are nuances there that have to be worked through. So so just hearing and listening to everyone's chat and that has been hugely helpful. And alongside that, um, the Association of uh, Scottish self-caterers and the Scottish Tourism Alliance you know they've all worked really hard make sure the importance of tourism is heard in in our fragile economy and so I feel as a region we've been really lucky to be able to lean a, a bit more on on tourism just to help us navigate our way through the through these unchartered waters
1: yeah I think that sense of community has come out quite a lot across we hear yeah. that from a lot of our clubs and centres for definite
2: yeah, um, my experience is slightly, slightly different from Tynemouth because once the staff were furloughed, it's it was between the 23rd of March and the 7th of July. Uh, it was me, and I just couldn't comprehend and digest the information that was coming through. Not helped by you know devolved governments, and I don't want to get political, but it was just really difficult because. The Scottish government is saying one thing, the Welsh government is saying another thing, uh, the British, uh, the English government is saying one thing, and then trying to interpret all that stuff and di- and digest it was just really, really difficult. And then if you take that and multiply it by, there was just so much information coming in, I just couldn't physically read it all and understand it and interpret it. And, and until the staff came back, I was really struggling to make head or tail of it um, because everything seemed to be odds with what other people were saying um since the staff come, have come back we've run four training days where we've kind of tried to pull out the major parts of the uh the guidance and put them to the staff and then tried the activities and then done sort of based our new risk assessments around, you know around that and and i think we're getting there the most helpful people are obviously the RWE, but um beyond that uh, the association of scottish self-caterers the scottish tourism alliance Um, really, really good. And there's an organisation called Go Rural, which we've sort of crept in on the shirt tails of other rural businesses. We're not a farm. But they've been absolutely amazing in in support and, and the and the biggest thing actually is just talking to other as Fiona mentioned, is just talking to other businesses. So chatting the chat with other businesses and seeing what they're doing, comparing notes and whatever that's whether it's activities self-catering accommodation so that's been the biggest leg up is asking other businesses how they've interpreted stuff and then going okay well this is our take on it and then comparing notes and then coming up with a sort of uh, group resolution and up till now it's holding it's holding good we opened on wednesday last week but you know we've got our normal operational procedures and safety and all the rest of it which obviously is a a very important thing we do. And then trying to apply all the COVID-19 kind of impact. So today I was on the water and somebody got stuck under a boat, do I just jump in the water and get them out or do I try and figure out another way of getting them out uh, and so on. So these are kind of challenges that we're, we're facing now that we've opened up.
1: Yeah no definitely, Th- thanks Rich. I think that point about the staff training and spending four days looking at guidance me or doing training relating it to the guidance, trying something out it doesn't work, right, well, let's rewrite some of the operating procedures and try it again, and giving yourself the time to do that is so important.
2: The thing that the thing I, I've said to everybody that, you know, there are three kind of bodies that we have to try really hard to satisfy that what we're doing is is safe. Firstly, uh, and most importantly, like any first aid course, is ourselves. So we've got to satisfy the staff that we're, what we're doing is as best we can protect them and their interests and they've chipped in and come up with their ideas on what should or shouldn't be done. The next is um, is the customers um, because they need to feel that we're working, they're coming, enjoying the holiday but it's in a safe environment and uh, as COVID-free as could be expected in the circumstances and then the third group um, which is ridiculously important for us is is the local community and we have to come convince them that what we're doing is, is safe and that we're taking every precaution we can because we rely on them for uh, support, for catering facilities, for laundry, you name it. You know, We feel it's really important they understand that uh, the measures we're taking. So we're trying to convince three bodies of people that what we're doing is, is the right thing as best we can under the circumstances.
1: Sammy, what things have you guys been doing to prepare to get back into training?
4: Using some of the resources that have been at our disposal, the piece of guidance that RY Scotland released um, has been really, really useful, um, especially when, it, as Richard mentioned, with devolved Pillows and everything else that's happened everywhere, it was really nice to see that it was a good piece of guidance and guidelines to give you a good start going ahead. As that piece of work was released, things changed almost days later. Having that as a template, I've been using that and the Scottish Government website to see what their guidance is and been keeping myself abreast of that. So things that we we wanted to make sure that we approached things in a way that was going to be viable for us as a business to come back. At the same time, allow us to deliver a product that was going to be safe and within a, a smaller scope. So we've decided, that this week is the start of our um, of our sessions and we're running week-long sessions just to, to help out with the passing of, of what we've decided to do with our groups. They are all under 12s this week. That kind of negates the need for them to, to social distance underneath that age. We've managed to negate that side of it. It's all, all about trying to reduce the impact on what we deliver as a product so we want to catch the rest of the summer so we're using week-long courses and they'll get assigned their kit for the week so with changing facilities not open we had to be open and honest with our customers and outline the product that they were buying into basically we're giving their wetsuits done and they'll have that for the rest of the week take them home with them they take them down buoyancy aids and helmets so that's for the rest of the week they'll come changed ready to go that actually sounds a little bit better from an instructor's point of view don't need to get them changed, great. We want to make sure that people get out there, enjoy the prod, and, and enjoy sailing in a safe possible manner, but without it being too restrictive in, in what we do. Um, so working with that, that age range is, is a big help. The following week when we, we up that age range to under 16s, thing called the field of play, where when under 12 and 16 can get together when they are at sailing, they don't need to social distance either because that's the activity they're doing. That's that's how we are moving forward with it. Until things get a little bit easier, we, we don't see it viable at the moment to have adults coming uh, and using the centre just because there's a lot more that goes into preparing the centre for that. And we want, want to get off the ground as quickly as possible. I was in two and a half days last week. I had to do an uh, uh, adventure licensing and application and inspection at the same time as writing some COVID uh, SOPs. So there was a lot of background work, but that's how I see us move, moving forward. We can't be putting too much stress and strain on us at the, at the expense of trying to make money fast or make quick work. We want to make sure that it's it's all good and enjoyable and the same standard that we we held ourselves before the walk down. this weekend we're going to have some of the staff and we'll do some induction training and um we're just going to plan to review as as we always do
1: great thank you for sharing sammy uh fiona what have you guys been doing to prepare to get back out onto the water and get back into activity
3: it all sounds very very similar to uh sammy's story i have to say Again, like Sammy, we are concentrating on only taking children um, for five-day courses uh, for all the uh, identical reasons, of course, Um, and we're not doing private tuition, um, mainly because we want to keep our boat, uh, to manage that uh, children being allocated a boat for the week We don't want any boats being used in the evenings by private tuition or over the weekends when we're isolating the boat after cleaning it. So it's a very similar story. We've got a bunch of kids out in the water this week who have all been given their personal boat for the the week. The under-11s are in their own under-11 bubble and all managing to crew with each other and uh, share the boats, but the kids 12 and above are given their allocated boat for the week. And we are keeping the 12-year-olds the and above in their family bubble. Um, and I think we'll be staying like that for the foreseeable future. Just not only obviously because it's obviously a bit safer, but in terms of the boat allocation, it does make life easier. I mean, very simple things, simple changes make a big difference. We're just trying to minimise the handling of equipment at all times so just simple things like leaving the pico masks up and the covers off whereas normally at the end of the day there's a big tidy up and masks come down and covers go on but um, just very simple things like that help to minimize any spread of infection we are lucky we've got loads of space ashore in in a sense i I think the hardest bit is social distancing on the shore when you're trying to get them rigged up and uh, getting everyone organized so we've managed to set up our or boat field with um, actually mini pontoons, actually bits of pontoons <laughs> that aren't out in the water, um, and everyone takes their boat to their own wee mini pontoon, and that just helps the children be aware of their own space and helps the instructors to mingle at, a, at the right distance to help them get rigged, et cetera, for the day. Again, toilet. Yeah, toilet officer. That will be me then. <laughs> the kids, letting them in one by one, and and uh, cleaning afterwards, etc. And and I think the strangest, the strangest thing is on on the shore, because actually once they were out on the water, the kids were just sailing, and it actually felt relatively normal once they were out in the water. It was a it was a perfect day. You know, the wind was was great. But we just have to bear in mind is that things will keep changing and we just have to be flexible and have that ability to uh, move and change any procedures as, as required. So we're only on day one. No doubt uh has speaking to the instructors at the moment learning um, from today's activity as to what we can improve and improve on and change for tomorrow. But yeah it, it went well and I can see I, I don't really see us changing it. For the rest of the summer because i think if we get this if we get our, our mode of operation working the way we are i think we're, we're very happy with it and we feel it is very safe and certainly our our customers or our customers parents um, and are, are feeling it's very safe there's been an awful lot of thinking and i think richard and sammy have both said the same it's um, an awful lot of thinking through different different ways of operating to, to find the best one that works for us and of course every centre's got a different space so the way richard do it will be slightly different to the way we do it which will be slightly different to sammy so it's, it is it is uh, working with your space and what, what works best and and with your team of instructors so so yeah that's that's basically
1: what we've been doing thanks fiona thanks for sharing i think you just highlighted something that's really important there and that's that every setup's different and it's not just the centre it's not just the equipment it's about the people as well Every everyone's got different circumstances um, and it's it a really tricky balance but I think having the opportunity to share some of the ideas and have conversations it means that you can learn from each other and find out oh you know the centre's doing this or this club's doing that that makes sense well you can pick up little bits and as you say stay flexible and uh, keep learning and I think that's that's something that as a sport we're pretty good at being flexible being adaptable I mean the very nature of sailing especially sailing in Scotland I can vouch for sailing on the west coast things change so quickly all the time as
3: well yeah, what's right for one moment isn't, what's right for the morning is, is generally not, not right for late morning. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, we're, we're definitely used to changing. But no, I think you're right. Without a doubt, it's listening to other people and sharing stories that has helped help the most.
1: Yeah, definitely. Rich, have you noticed anything different about the customers that are coming through? Anything different to the customers this year or at the moment compared to before?
2: So, in terms of customers and any differences, a really positive thing. So, we're a little bit different from the other two. Our bread and butter is really taster sessions, uh, whether it's a taster session in sailing or windsurfing or kayaking or outdoor laser tag or archery or whatever it might be, we're sort of multi activity. And we've had to change because the time after each activity session that we run, we sanitize everything that's been used, which means going around and spraying and cleaning and sanitizing on whatever every single piece of kit. Um, So, you know, with 30-odd laser tag guns, you know, it's a time-consuming thing. So we used to, in the good old days, uh, run one-and-a-half-hour Taster sessions, and we've now just said everything is a three-hour taster session. This is a real plus, actually. And there's some good stuff that's come out of this wretched virus because going forward, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to run three-hour taster sessions because everybody gets so much more out of the session instead of a just rush, 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 get on the water, get off the water, uh, beam reach to beam reach, back on. The customers are getting a, a real sort of t- uh, teaching experience, and and they're getting a lot more out of it in terms of courses and stuff. Yeah, um, you know, we we identify family bubbles and then we try and keep them to those bubbles and you know so they're helping each other launch or recover or whatever in their family bubbles rather than everybody just mixing and matching so again unlike the other two we're we we're bringing in families rather than just children but that's stretching us a bit and then the last thing that's kind of a, a big change um, which the others have touched on is is just like the normal functioning of the center so we have a one-way circuit through the center um, we only have one person coming into reception, the head of the family bubble comes into reception, they check in, nobody stays at the clubhouse, seats 130, a, a busy wedding. We discourage anybody from being in there, we're an outdoor activity centre so we encourage everyone to stand outside, uh, maybe buy a coffee on the way out, it'd be great, to support the cafe. Uh, we've shut down the showers, uh, again we're lucky, we're a freshwater lock. So, when they've all had a dip, uh, that's kind of their shower for the day. They change in the car park, the showers are shut down. And the really nice thing is that uh, so far, Touchwood, all the customers and the people that have come through the center really get it and have been incredibly supportive. And, you know, when they're busy kind of hiding behind a bath towel by their car, trying to keep their modesty and get into a wetsuit, which is no so easy task trying to hold a towel up in front of yourself and put a wetsuit on you know they all do it with great humor and good nature and, and they seem to understand um, really what we're what we're about and are and are rolling with the punches as much as we are um, and the last thing is and I'm sure everybody else is doing this but at the end of each day so the days are much longer for us because at the end of each day by the time we've sanitized all the equipment and there's a lot of equipment here we then have quite an extensive debrief on kind of lessons learned either on the water or on climbing tower or whatever it might be just in terms of are we adhering to our normal operating pro- procedures and then on top of that how COVID safe are we and are we sticking to the guidelines that we all kind of discussed Were would be a good thing for everybody uh, at the outset. You know it's just a completely different way of operating but it's generally pretty refreshing both the staff and the customers the way they're
4: adapting to it. I, I think you made a really good point that all the customers that came in today they were really understanding and like as you said rolled with the punches how was it, was it communicated to the customers that that was going to happen was it during the booking process Have, has your booking process changed in any way more than happy to share this stuff with you guys um
2: but we send everybody covid guidelines and covid changes one set of guidelines for people staying with us one set of guidelines for people doing activities with us and We explain uh, about the showering facilities, Um, so like our campers, they don't have any showers. They're allowed to go in the loos as you are in Tesco's and Morrison's. Every two hours, somebody goes in and sanitizes all the toilets. And that's all explained to them uh, when when we do the normal confirmation note and everybody now has to pre-book. So there's no such thing as just rocking up here and having a go on the water park. It just doesn't work like that anymore. Everybody pre-books. The booking process is the same, but then on the confirmation, we send them uh, a couple of extra documents explaining what we're
4: doing to try and keep the centre COVID-free. Could I book online um, with you at the moment? No. Yes, yeah, no. so or similar situations.
2: Um, so we, we, hence why I'm on a, a handset now, two tin cups and a, and a piece of string. We are capped at 0.5 of a megabyte for our internet. Um, we just don't have the, the capacity to be able to to run stuff online so therefore everything is done on the phone so we advertise they book and they pay in advance we uh follow it up with a phone call take all their details and then follow it up with an email funnily enough outlook does seem to seem to be able to get through a 0.5 of a megabyte but we can't you know we're just not robust enough to be able to take online bookings and stuff in terms of our internet capability nothing to do with covid it's just like where we
4: where we operate from so from, from our point of view, we do have quite a robust online booking system. However, it, won't, it can produce that level of information that we need. So another big change, we had to re, almost restructure what the season looks like. Um, obviously, we kind of had to do a bit of a reset from from that. And now currently looking at how do we move forward with a suite of activities that people can t- take part in. People are taking rolling with the punches at the moment. We'll see how they feel in december <laughs> that was, that's interesting yeah, so we've we've had to take our bookings over the phone Fiona what what about yourself
3: I'm generally because I'm generally fully booked uh, eight months or so in advance because we because we are small in, in that respect um I was fully booked for this summer anyway, so obviously what was required once we obviously weren't sailing was getting in touch with everybody um, and cancelling as as kind of rolling cancellation it obviously became obvious fairly early on i was not going to be running my residential courses but of course all the residential kids wanted to then come non-residentially on the five-day course and but that then involved uh, parents finding accommodation locally which has actually been the biggest barrier for us this year although jigging the residentials to into weeks that's in terms of the numbers and the bubbles and the kids and the age groups etc is obviously just was was very much doable so in terms of our booking system they were all booked in already it was just modifying it and making sure i i was just really keen to ensure that as as many of the kids that were coming residentially didn't actually lose out in their in their sailing because generally they're the the really really keen ones and um, that are happy to come along without mum and dad um, and I, just trying to squeeze them in whilst helping their parents find accommodation was was my biggest challenge. Yeah, I, I think I've got as many in as we can. I think um, until they all disappear back to school, of course, which isn't which isn't that far away, sadly.
4: Like like yourself, Fiona, we we were pretty much fully booked for for the summer that's a lot of different courses with a a, a lot of different people have you guys had to give out any refunds
3: well for for us it's all about the relationship we have with our customers and i offered everybody who were not managing to come this year at all for whatever reasons and of course everyone's had different reasons whether it's because they've got uh, family members that are shielding or they were flying up and they can't get you know there's all sorts of different reasons there and so I felt you know we've had it tough but you know everyone's had it tough and everyone's got their own story to tell about it being tough so um, I felt it wasn't fair keeping the deposit. I offered everybody a refund or a transfer of the deposit to a course next year and without fail nobody's Nobody's asked for, nobody has demanded their refunds that I offered them. Uh, it's a positive that's come out of it, out of, uh, out of uh, COVID, that everyone is a little bit more understanding um, and absolutely one hundred percent of people just asked for the, the the money to be transferred to a date either later in the year or or in twenty twenty one so i think i think that's been a real positive
4: out of this that's that's fantastic to hear if you want to, we, we've had a, a a very similar situation it's amazing how people have just kind of bound together to to support this industry and every other industry that's out there especially when it is people that like you said, you know most of your customers, and it's a similar situation here. We know our, our weekly customers who come. We know our customers that come once a year, same way. And and most people yep. have literally said, don't we, we? don't want the 20% off the next course. We want you to yep. make sure you you're still going to exist and be here as a facility for people to use in the future. Um, and that's that's really that's really inspiring. From for us, it kind of ignites that. Passion to get back on the water, to get more people out there and 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 enjoying it the way the way we all we all do ourselves. What about yourself, Richard?
2: We basically
4: offered everybody an
2: alternate, you know, just a, a effectively a gift a voucher, but just valid basically in perpetuity. So we didn't put a time frame on it. We just said, come back any time that you can. Ninety-five um, percent of our customers were brilliant, totally got it, and and did everything they could to support us and five percent got really nasty and really messy and um, as our account had been frozen I wasn't in a position to refund them. I didn't have the money Um, my account was frozen. What we said to them was you will get your money either when we start trading again or when the assessors come in and we're liquidated. Most of them were then of that five percent got it and just and laid off and but of that 5% maybe another 5% got really nasty and uh it was it was difficult um I couldn't give them the money back I didn't have an account to give it from and um uh yeah that was uh that was a very harrowing part of the whole experience I guess but on the plus side um the vast vast majority not only understood but were very supportive and We've seen a a lovely side of human nature as a result of this virus.
4: So it has been pretty tough, tough times. Um, And that frustration does come out in our people. And we've we've been getting customers that have been great. And we've been getting customers who um, just don't understand exactly what we're having to do and go forward. But I think that's a given in the whole situation. There's people out there that don't actually understand the whole COVID situation uh, within itself and don't adhere to it. Um, so I'd, I'd be interested if, if that's a similar thing where customers are getting a little bit frustrated about what, what your ability to offer things.
3: I can't say we've, um, I'd say my my overriding feeling from the customers is that they, as you say they're just so so pleased that in our case it's their children are actually getting some activity and getting out on the water they're just bending over backwards with gratefulness that that we've put measures in place so that we can provide it so it is it is that sense of everyone's just i think everyone's just been cooped up for so so long and it's it's just getting getting the kids active and and moving again has is just absolutely brilliant As Richard was saying, they're they're not minding at all all the the operational procedures in place. Hopefully, I mean, I think by its very nature of sailing and outdoor activities, it it does attract people that are are relatively hardy and uh, are happy to be outside and adhere to. These sorts of policies. I don't know
2: if you, if you've had it different at all, Richard, or not. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, uh, we had quite a few people down today. Beautiful sunny day. All changing the car parks. All helping uh, with all the equipment they've used as part of the. There are two types of people we've come across really. One, just don't really, don't really feel too strongly that they're vulnerable. And then on the other extreme, those who are super feel they're super vulnerable. Um, So we go to the lowest common denominator and we treat uh, everyone as if uh, they're all super vulnerable and so it's just a slightly different experience to our normal uh, operating procedures but actually I think in some ways it's a better experience because they're all taking more responsibility for their own, you know, their own safety and their own decontamination. All the instructors carry hand gel, Um, everyone just kind of just... Gets on with it, and they're quite happy, and uh, they're all changing merrily in the car park, and all accepting that their shower was the swim in the lock today, and you know, everyone's just you know, seems to be getting on with it. No, it's been very
4: positive since we've opened. Is that the instructor toolkit now? So we've got knife, watch, whistle, and sanitizer, and hand sanitizer. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, I think pretty and, and and also face mask. Every oh, every okay. single member of staff carries a face mask and hand sanitizer. That's part of the risk assessment. The customers don't tend to take hand sanitizer out on the water with them. If we've had to unwrap a main sheet because it's tap uh, stuck round the tiller, we will hand sanitize after we've done that. It's a different way of operating, but you know, we will get used to it. Yeah, no, we, we all carry stuff on the water which we wouldn't normally, as well as our knives knives and whistles and our way handbooks.
4: Nah, I carry my handbook though.
1: Also <laughs> Great, well, thank you guys. Um, just before we wrap up, we've touched upon a couple of positive stories to come out of the last couple of months. Are there any other positive stories or anything from that kind of positive nature that you'd like to um, share with us? I,
3: I think the biggest positive for our industry is, is without a doubt, just a, a new appreciation that our customers have of, of Vacations for the start, keeping people in in Scotland and enjoying our great outdoors, and that that can only benefit our industry. In addition to that, because we've all pulled together so well in this new world, and and help us all move forward in just a more collaborative way of working, and I think that is a huge positive that that we shouldn't that we shouldn't forget. despite the 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 dreadful stories and the challenges. There will actually be a bigger positive story and spin on it that um, we're all. We've all. It's all helped us to develop a more collaborative way of working together in in tourism and sailing and, and and across all sorts of industries.
4: Fiona was as correct in saying is the it's a collaboration of the industry. We are a collaborative industry, and if a big positive that's came out of this is the way we communicate with each other. And the way we collaborate so you've seen people doing your zoom chats and quizzes and all that kind of stuff that it's so much easier to to do that and i think the rya has been really good at um arranging chats between club rtcs as especially in scotland where we are pretty spread apart it's such an easy communication tool i know it's not the best communication tool there's nothing better than sitting down having a cup of tea two meters away from each other that's fine the more centers and the more clubs that we can get involved in collaborating together talking to each other sharing ideas the better it's going to be for everybody within the industry that i think that's a a, an amazing thing to take forward
1: yeah it's definitely something we're really keen to keep going and keep this on well after COVID. Um, we found, as a governing body, we found so much um, support and benefit from doing this. And it's been fun. It's really, really nice. And it's a, a good way of keeping up with everything going on and speaking to lots of people. And sometimes the conversations aren't, aren't easy, or, but it's that feeling that we're solving problems together is really good. Face-to-face, nothing's going to be better than face-to-face, but technology is changing and developing all the time.
4: VR, Mickey <laughs>
1: That's definitely not my crown. We've got some much better <laughs> VR uh, people within our organisation. Guys, thank you very much for joining joining us today and being part of the discussion. It's been fantastic to speak to you all and hear your stories. And uh, I'm really looking forward to this podcast coming out and other people can hear them too. So thank you very much.
4: Thank Thank you for having
1: me. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast, Off the Water. Keep an eye out for our next podcast where we'll explore how clubs have got on during the last few months. We are continuing to run our Connect and Training Centre sessions. Please sign up to these through Facebook and join in with the discussions with others. Training centres are beginning to open up activity. If you're looking to brush up on some skills or learn something new, please go to Where's My Nearest to find out what centres deliver relevant courses near your location. However, please do keep in mind that centres are running at limited capacity and may not be able to offer all these courses yet. Give them a call, I'm sure they'll be able to help you out and give you some more information. We are aware that more people are getting afloat, and we just wanted to highlight the importance of taking care to prepare yourself and your boat before going afloat. You'll need to also check your destinations are open and can accommodate you.
0: We welcome your feedback and ideas for the future off the water episode. We welcome your feedback and ideas for future off the water episodes. We have created a survey as we want to make sure that the topics we cover are relevant, so please get in touch with your thoughts on future content. The details are in the bio. Please hit the subscribe button, give us a like or leave your review. Remember to keep note of our website and check our social media channels for all of the latest news and updates. Thanks for listening.